My name is Rachel Peru and I'm a 50-year-old grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career age 46 modelling and on social media I found so many women, inspiring and amazing women over 40 who were really embracing their midlife and helping to break down the stereotypical barriers. I really wanted to share these stories with you, so let's celebrate and firmly place a spotlight on women over 40. My weekly reminder that you are not invisible and it's never too late to try something new. So welcome back to the last of the series of Aristotle Podcasts. I'm going to have a break over the summer. Um, so I am delighted to be joined today by Julie Kelly. Julie is a lady that I have been following on social media and we've connected. And she just is a perfect example of someone that has found um, and rekindled a love for something that they used to love when they were younger. And she's now really embracing it and rediscovering her love for sewing and you know where this has taken her has been amazing with the opportunities that have come from saying yes more um it's really exciting and I keep seeing them all over the place so looking forward to finding out more from Julie and what she's been up to with the Oxford Craft Studio so hi Julie how are you I'm fine thanks Rachel yeah pretty good today yeah as I said in the introduction, Julie is something that I have been following on social media and, and loving this journey. And you seem to be popping up everywhere, Julie. So how are you feeling about da-da, being in platinum <laughs> this month's edition? It's fantastic. I know I wasn't quite sure how it was going to turn out and because and, it was a windy, blowy sort of weird weather day and we're out in the garden so I was a little bit worried about the hair people you know my husband goes yeah. oh, I hope you don't look like Albert Einstein in the show it's like really here's like my grey curls blowing in the wind but yeah I'm really pleased it looks nice so that's it looks good. great yeah. it's a great article and as I said in the introduction you are somebody that has kind of rekindled a new uh, a lost love of sewing that you've really kind of embraced now later in life and through doing that it's taking you on a such an interesting path and you're saying yes to so many new things it's really exciting so anybody that doesn't know anything about you how do you describe yourself and where you're at now I suppose I mean really it's the last eight months that that's all kicked off I mean I've always probably been creative I suppose my mum was an artist my dad a carpenter so I sort of grew up I appreciate probably now more than I did then at the time you sort of go mum's doing another painting and our whole our house was a gallery of all my mum's watercolours and she was a sewer so but you know at that age I wasn't really that fussed that you know when I was growing up but I did do A-level textiles and dress which I loved yeah um but back then you know I did biology textiles and dress maths A-level completely random and there was no real careers advice I'm not sure if you had any but there wasn't yeah. any no where I yeah. in in Hull where I grew up I fell into physio um really because a friend's mum was a physio with work experience at Hull Royal and uh so I've done that for 30 years really as a physio and got my sewing mojo back really my daughter asked me to make a shirt for a, a she was doing a film production degree and I was like yeah I can do that I've got a sewing machine hadn't looked at patterns and sewing clothes for years because it always seemed like I haven't got time and clothing was so, you know, it's so accessible and, you know, um, and I love shopping. So another yeah. reason why not, not to sew. Not to sew. <laughs> um, so, and then I discovered all these independent patterns and went down this rabbit hole of, oh, wow, there's all these quirky, and I love costs, the style, the, the, the uh, clothes, um, cost designer sort of yes. that sort of look. It's quite, you know, 
I like Japanese sort of style. So apart from I'm wearing something very sort of pattern today, bought myself a new, well, not on your secondhand sewing machine off Facebook Marketplace because my I had a little one that wasn't quite meeting up to the to the demands. And then just yeah, started looking. And then I wanted to, I've always been a charity shop, um, love a charity shop, so find. And then discovered um, I actually made the shirt for my daughter from a curtain. Brilliant. So a linen curtain was was five pounds for this massive material and I thought wow that's great I could make clothes from you know curtains duvets you know all this fabric that's still around without buying new and the cost of new fabrics you know seemed to be quite prohibitive you know linen was like 15 pound a meter and needed a couple of meters so you know it's sometimes it's not that cost effective actually to make your own own things when you start looking at the cost of like liberty liberty fabrics which are beautiful and i've just bought a meter in the sale so i i do buy new but mm. I, I literally made a top out of the meter so it cost me 15 pounds so Brilliant. i didn't I didn't think that was too bad. Um, I am in awe of anybody that can then use use their skills to be able to make things for themselves to wear. I really am. I mean, I, I did needlework, um, O-level, and um, I'll be completely honest, my, my dad ran off with my sewing teacher. So that was it. Oh <laughs> I vowed that I would never do any sewing again. Oh, and I really yes. regret it. And I really regret it though now, because, I, you know, I see people like you that are making some gorgeous outfits and you always look amazing. And I think that's such a lovely thing to do, to know that they the time that you've spent in creating something that fits you perfectly that you creating your own look it must give you a new sense of confidence about yourself yeah I think I mean I am a classic size 12 slash 14 so I think a lot of people get into sewing their own clothes because they just can't find things to fit and and so they can make that tailored look and I've started tinkering a little bit more you know the dress I made from this 50p bedspread was my first sort of real go at pattern hacking I think they call it so um, having seen a 150 pound one on Instagram going oh that looks like a bedspread I got in a jumble sale so that was that was my recent and and I really love it and I wear it a lot so yeah it's nice to think no one else has got anything like that and so you could you know I'm just beginning to get a bit more adventurous and do quirky things and yeah you know um yeah I'm not tinkering with patterns too much yet but that's yeah and I've never sewn with jersey and things like that so um I've just I'm just sort of getting going I think yeah yeah I would definitely say you're just getting going because you know you're somebody that has rekindled this love but you are now taking it one step further so tell us how you've now ended up being having your own kind of sewing slots on the <laughs> television channel because that's hugely exciting and something I can imagine you never thought you'd be doing that was yeah that was sort of random I, mean, I did apply for sewing bee last year and got a telephone interview so that was that was I felt a close brush with with uh, a tv appearance and because of my like making i've always made crafty things and mm. try different crafts and leather work copper lino cutting paper craft but i've only got so many birthdays and christmas gifts and yeah. and was making probably making more than i could probably give away so i started developing sort of craft uh, kits and got got back into the sewing and found this linen dead stock material which was from a digital printing company that um, is their sort of end of roll so they've you know printed most of their fabric but then they've got like three meters left and this company has actually got 17 years worth of, of yeah. this stored dead stock material uh, which I discovered and um, the whole sourdough thing last year with you know lockdown yeah. I bought my bought my husband a kit and he needed something to keep his bread in and I went oh I could make you a nice linen bread bag 
so I did and then um, my friend who watches the Sewing Street TV um, channel I wasn't really aware of it said oh they're, they're asked there's a competition Julie you must enter they want a craft kit um, they're asking people to submit and my film production graduate daughter did a brilliant video <laughs> which I thank her for and um and I I won I think there was five winners so that was in November last year so all during lockdown and I was wondering I thought oh no it's not going to happen mm. we're not going to be allowed but actually because it was work they went yeah um come up to had to go to Redditch and do that was my first and that was an hour live on TV and it was my craft kit um, so I, at least I was familiar with it. It was, you know, comfortable. I, I'd sewn, I'd, I'd started making them and sewing them for friends. And, and, and then I launched my website because I thought, well, if I'm going on TV, I need yeah, <laughs> I better have absolutely. So that made, made me, which I'd been putting off, get a website together for my Oxford craft studio. And then I appeared on the telly and it was like, oh, wow. And I managed not to swear and it seemed to go quite well. And they invited me back. So I now do a regular sort of every month I go up and do sort of two one hour sessions. They give me things to sew or I'm, mm. I'm built. I'm hopefully going to do a new craft kit. So, uh, yeah. So uh, but that's yeah, I love it. Oh, it so. is brilliant that you've stepped out of your comfort zone so much there. How did it feel? How nervous were you? And how did you overcome that before you went on the television? Well, I took my daughter and the friend that got me, <laughs> got me into it because <laughs> she was a massive fan. So, so I didn't eat anything and we had to be mm. up. We had to be there for seven in the morning and I felt sick and I tried to eat something and then felt sick again. So, but, you know, there were a really nice crowd there. There's a really small number of us and the presenter. And I think because I was familiar with what I was doing it's yeah. like anything that you you know I, I sort of could do it in my sleep so yes the cameras sort of were there and um and they were sort of um they were talking it was really relaxed actually so it was they made me really comfortable so um yeah and it sort of it probably flew by I was just about getting the last bit of the thing finished to sort of show people so yeah the hour actually yeah went really quickly so it's so great I mean, it seems to me that it's, I mean, certainly you have thrived during, during lockdown in terms of the things that you've been up to because you've been really busy. But it seems to me also that you, it has gone from being a really kind of nice hobby to go in your garden and, and de-stress and be in the shed and, and work to really something that you're now kind of really developing and it's, it's a future business, isn't it? How ambitious are you with it? Well, I say my, my part-time job is four days in the NHS as a physio, so once I got my cabin for my um, 50th, so three years ago, because the study was being used and I was gradually filling it more and more with it and you couldn't leave anything out and it was getting more and more irritating and uh, my husband finally gave in and um, <laughs> we got a lovely cabin built in the now not very big garden, so it does take, it does take over a bit. I've, I've filled it to the rafters, so I'm probably more frustrated now than I ever was because I want to be in there um, morning till night, but I've got the day job. So, um, so I squeeze in when I can, but um, yeah, I'm looking at more craft kits because it's just, I find it real escapism and yeah. I leave the housework never gets to, you know, the five cats can look after themselves, you know, I go and if I've got something and I've just made some trousers for my daughter that, I sort of copied she loves toast and these yeah. were like 100, 100 quid trousers and I copied she already had a pair yeah. so I copied them and made her a pair and you know and so and projects like that and the craft kits if I can if, if I can share that and I think kits became a big thing last year as well because right. I, I was running I did run a few workshops for 
possibly a couple of years ago and really liked sharing you know just beginners sort of get a group of, of sort of mums um finding a little venue in Abingdon where I live and we I, mean, I did a bit of copper work we did some leather and just sharing that and you just lose yourself for a couple of hours and it's just great a therapy well I find it therapy really um mm. you know I've never really had counseling or whatever I, I just escape and do you know just do create yeah, yeah I just like and if you can make something as a gift I think that's even you know that's even nicer so do you think it's helped your confidence as well? Because, you know, you've then not only have you been doing your crafting and your sewing, but then you've been modelling as well. Is that <laughs> something that you'd ever thought of before you'd started this journey? No, that was a, I say, good old social media. That was, a, I think that was an Instagram. And, and it was a, there was a, like an advert put out for models for the ageism is never in style campaign. And I went, oh, do you know what? That's a really good point. I mean, you see all these younger models you know and, and I know you're changing that Rachel with your you know your images are out there much more and I thought actually uh, and again my daughter took some nice nice photos <laughs> with her with her with her lovely camera that she's got so I'm a lot to thank Alex for submitted them didn't really think you know anything of it and then um yeah ended up down in London um there was a nice t-shirt campaign with the slogans and uh, it sort of all rung true really it's like yeah we are sort of hidden you know yeah. I'm, I'm 53 but I'm I'm confident I feel like I'm just getting going really you know the kids my kids are grown up nearing the end of my professional career with my physio ergonomics and feel yeah. like well it's my time you know mm. it's like um why not? Why the bloody hell not, really? Absolutely, um, yeah. Um, I enjoy fitness, you know, craft. It's, I haven't got enough hours. That's probably, you know, not enough hours in the day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I love that. And that's exactly what, you know, I, that I love about the podcast is sharing these stories and hopefully inspiring other women later in life to just, you can, there's so much more that you can be doing in your 50s and 60s and beyond now than we were ever told when we were younger. But, you know, I know my parents, at, my mum at 40 and 50, you kind of I, I thought well that was it she wasn't going to do anything else and their generation is completely different to ours now isn't it and it's exciting to see women like you getting out there and you are just getting started in, in a different chapter in a different chapter and there'll be lots of other challenges to come along you do seem to be somebody that's always said yes to stuff that you do seem to have an adventurous spirit because this is not the first kind of challenges that you have gone for is it well, tell us about the cycling because that was that was amazing yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a physio, so I, I, you know, I went into it because I enjoy sport and activity. And my parents were, as well as creatives, they love rambling. So our holidays, you know, I, I think I climbed Great Gable when I was six or something. My mum used to brag about. So I've always been sort of outdoorsy, ended up being a beaver leader. Yeah, because yeah. somebody dropped out. I've never done, I've never didn't have the time for beavers and scouts and girl guides because I was I was in an orchestra as a kid and I used to be in every sports team so I never I didn't really know the scouting thing so that was great fun did it when my son was you know six or seven and then um I suppose it stemmed from a a charity ride I suppose for meningitis back in 2006 I'm gonna say my son had had meningitis as an eight month old mm. and we nearly lost him and you know it was a miracle he survived and I always you know working in the NHS you, I don't know you just sort of want to give something back I was yeah. so grateful he did survive so me and another mum and her little boy had, had meningitis as well we went let's do the London to Paris so uh bike ride it's like okay then <laughs> yeah. it's like why you know we did some training I did it on a 
an old bike that you probably should have gone to the shops on. I was out in the morning before work. Yeah, Phil was looking after the kids. We did, I think we did a Blenheim bike ride. So that was my, that was a, that was a three day sort of the most I'd ever done. That was, yeah. yeah. And I was like 40 something, I think. Yeah. Um, And then that year, so yeah, so Dan was born in 2001. And then 2006, we did the, I did the bike ride. And then my husband became, he developed back pain and got mm. ill and then that was a we discovered it was a myeloma so that was a a, a sort of un, incurable cancer mm. and so sport again a bit like craft was my I felt like I needed to stay strong and fit yeah. and healthy and that was my time I just and if he he was sort of ill and in bed and recovering from chemotherapy and things I did used to scoot out on, and I, I did treat myself to a road bike so I've had a nice lightweight road bike for 10 years and you and still always, cycle now yeah yeah when I yeah when it's I'm a fair weather, <laughs> I'm a fair weather <laughs> so. I've got the clipping shoes and I do a you know a blast I've got a 17 mile route that I um get out on definitely early morning before the traffic you know yeah. I don't like yeah I don't particularly I could commute to work but it's 10 miles and you know it's busy getting into Oxford so I just yeah. get out if I'm if I'm awake if I'm menopausally awake at half five in the morning then yeah. I'll probably if I'm right in the right you've got to be in the right frame of mind then I'll I'll I've got my bike kit out and um, I'll scoot off and so one year I think it was 2010 and this is I say it's all based around having a husband who's been yeah ill mm. and still continues to be ill and you sort of go Christ you know I was going to be a widow at 38 so you sort of go you have no idea what's around the corner mm. and then I think that's what's made me just get on with stuff and yeah. and and not turn things down and the magazine the tv the craft it's all sort of like well why, why not you know if if I enjoy doing this stuff don't put it off so I think 2010, I there was a Waitrose advert for, do you want to join a, a bike ride? Um, there's a, they're circumnavigating the, the UK coast. I went, wow, I couldn't do the whole thing. <laughs> I was like, I was, that was mad. Somebody, so there was a core group of people literally cycling the whole way around. Wow. So I, I applied and, and I was going to say, I won a place. I'm not sure. Yeah, I won a place cycling 440 miles in a week. Um, so I actually cycled from Morecambe um, into Anglesey, Liverpool, Mersey, um, round Gosh. into Wales. Um, and I was classed as a sort of core rider. So again, I did, I was out training, training, training for that. I'd never done, I'd done three days, the, the Paris ride, but I'd never done a seven days. Yeah. And it was all oh, I'm thinking back. is ouch on your backside. That's all I know, I'm thinking I know. of, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> the, chamois cream, the chamois cream was out, and yeah, and we were sleeping in tents, and it was but such a nice group of people that I'm still in touch with. And there was a there was a mess tent, so we were fed and watered. I say there was this mad, there was about I think about five doing the whole thing, no day off, literally God. every day. And we were doing, you know, 60, 70 miles a day. And it was, you know, the, and my husband's from um Liverpool area. So, you know, getting into cycling into and Blackpool, cycling on the coast and Liverpool, and we had to get the ferry. And each day we had like a mare and the flags were out and waving, and it was just, yeah, and a real buzz. And yeah. the, and, and and the family, Phil and the kids ended up doing that, trying to follow me around in Wales, and, and it was raining, and yeah. Um, and I got a horrendous heat rash at the end of it, but but I did it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And we were joined by all these day riders that we were sort of having to sort of sh- chaperone a bit, little bit. But that was a, that was my 
probably biggest physical challenge yeah, yeah. and that was sort of 10 years ago and the same would you do another one would you do another big physical challenge do you think oh god yeah i think mm. stand-up paddle boarding is yes, the, <laughs> yes. <laughs> is um is, is uh yeah my uh, my board that i have i have ordered and it's coming from czech republic or something so yeah inspired by joe um, yeah. <laughs> with her um coast to coast um and I, I had a little go years ago I, I think at center parks there was me on a lake because my daughter was ill so I sort of went oh god I'll do it so I was there amongst the moorhens having a little go I didn't fall in and my legs were wobbly and my you know my abdominals were shaking and uh but uh, and then I joined a kayak club a few years ago so I have done some sort of white water kayaking so mm. that was mad I mean just I mean I was 50 in a kayak going down rapids thought, I, I love mean, that I love it I love the <laughs> fact that you just say yes and get on with it and it's you know it's so how much you know we should all be have that attitude in life because you just meet some amazing people don't you along the way it's about oh, the experiences yeah, they were lovely. There's a bunch of people, Kingfisher Kayak Club in Abingdon, and they were the loveliest people. They obviously had faith in this. There was a few of us didn't really know what we were doing. We did the basic course and they loved their white water. God no, I I just quite happily paddle up the Thames. But yeah. they we we all went off to Devon and Louise, uh, one of the sort of key people that sort of she's now really into her stand-up paddle boarding and um and she goes, yeah, yeah, you, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. So we went down this lower dart in, in Devon and it was, there was areas that were called like the washing, the whirlpool and the washing machine and those, oh my God, I'd never, I wouldn't do it again. We're absolutely mad, right. absolutely <laughs> mad. And, but we, you know, we were dunked and pulled out with ropes. We were, you know, it was great hitting rocks. It was the adrenaline, you know, I've never yeah. swore so much in my life. It was, it was yeah. <laughs> And they said, oh, do you want to do it the next day? And I sort of went, no, no. <laughs> That's it. I know my limitations. <laughs> I can remember what that was. I mean, I loved it. But I'd be so tense because we didn't know what, you know, we, we didn't know what was happening the next, you know, the next round, the bend of the river. And the next day we just paddled all into Exeter. It was like 10 of us, 15 of us in kayaks paddling through the middle of Exeter. And it was just, that was, you know, it was beautiful. And that was brilliant. And, and, and the same year, I said the same year as the um, the bike ride I auditioned for Total Wipeout. That was with my beaver leader hat on. The, the Scouts Association went, oh, they're looking for, and I semi thought about it just because it's like, oh, we love, your kids love watching it. Going, go on, mum, you could bounce off those balls. It's like, oh my God. So I auditioned, I, so I applied. I was I managed to get an audition, which allegedly is quite, there's only they only addition of the addition of thousand people or something. Right. So I went again, went down to London and you had to do a minute to camera. So that was a little another taste of um, being in front of, of the TV. Yeah. So I'd cre I'd created all these hats. I'd stolen all these theatre hats from the hospital and decorated them. So my craft thing came out. So I had disco. Um, I had dummies attached I can't yeah there was I had all these different hats and then the last one was a crown which was like my total wipeout <laughs> love it and they loved it and it's somewhere on you know some Endermel TV company you yeah. need to find that we <laughs> need to see that Julie I'd love to see that you need to get that on your Instagram <laughs> and then, you know, my, 
my shout out, which you have to add, which is we are the scouts. We have no doubts. Be prepared to win. Total wipeout. And that was my, that was going to be my, yeah. So I just wanted to get to Buenos Aires, which is where it was filmed for a week. Mm. And I came, I think I came really close. And then I, and I got measured for helmets and all sorts and passports were checked. And it was like, oh God, it, this might, you know, it's like jeepers. I might actually end up on it. And then I, I, as an NHS put, I ticked the health form and put, I had sciatica in the past, which I had, and that was, mm. that was it. They didn't want to know. So, like, oh. yeah, so I was like this close, but I did see a chap that I did audition with. I think he got through to the final, actually. But I would have been out, I would have been out day, you know, it was like them red balls. I might have killed myself, you know, it was like, <laughs> and so people going, was it, would it be worth that five minutes of fame, Julie? It was like, yeah, probably, yeah. probably not. So, uh, yeah. But, but it, it seems was, like yeah. all these experiences have just kind of keep leading you on to the next thing, you know, it, that, that's <laughs> what's exciting. What's, what's next? How ambitious are you for the future? What have you got planned? Um, well, I love the modelling thing. So, um, you know, having having already had model for ranking, I suppose, back in the yes. day, that was <laughs> just drop that in. So, yeah, that was I, I quite enjoyed that. I was like, and if I'm, you know, I'm, I want to get fitter. So I've definitely got more definition. The weight training thing is although I'm a physio, I was like, why have I never done that before? You know, it's mm. always, my son does it with his rugby and I've always, you know, but I've actually now got slightly more toned arms and my abs and, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, that's really helped. Um, Cause I've still got a belly and we all, you know, from having the kids in the cesarean yeah. and, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever shift that. I mean, I love Davina McCall, but my yeah. God, yeah. How, yeah. How she yeah. gets her abs. As she no, said, she's, I think she said it's genetic so yeah yeah um, I'm sticking with that <laughs> <laughs> but and I had preeclampsia you know and that which I think a lot of you know if there's other ladies listening that had that you know 20 30 years ago you are massively higher risk of developing blood pressure which I'm sure you know I, and I sit in a patient advisory group and because I'm linked with a hospital I'm, I'm 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 on top of that but I think there's, there must be a lot of other ladies that are really don't know that their blood pressure could be higher than it should be so and I'm too I'm on two medication already mm-hmm. um you know um and my, I, know, I remember my mum, I mean, she lost two babies full term um, because of um, problems in pregnancy. And so it's very genetic. Yeah. Um, so I think keeping fit, I say, for that reason, to put up with all the stuff that's going on in my life with my my husband still still ill with a mm. new cancer. Second one he developed at Christmas. So it's not, you know, I've got over the guilt, I think. I, I'm not, it's not selfish. If it, yeah. it, It's just that if, if I'm not healthy, then I can't look after everybody else, yeah. you know? So, and I think, I think women, you know, we, we put things on hold or we're not, we never put ourselves first because we've all got, you know, we've got the kids to look after, the yeah. husband to sort out. And that seems to continue, even though they're adults and should be able to look after themselves. And never end so, <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of women do put their life and their ambitions on hold. And then, you know, um, I, I feel like I'm just getting going really yeah. and I'm 53 and I remember hearing your lady who set up her makeup company at 65 and I, I, was like, yes. I was like oh my god it's yeah. like right I've got no excuse I'm 53 you know yeah. so definitely doing more I, I, I'm really enjoying the tv thing and actually everybody says oh god you're a natural so I'm gonna get my film production daughter yes. signed up to do some online videos for me yeah 
And I've just been in the hospital this morning doing some work with a bunch of staff um, and then some warm up and stretches. And I thought, you know what, why don't I do some videos for that? You know, yeah. instead of links off to YouTube. So it's like, so it's like, right, Alex, get your video camera out. So I'm going to do some stuff for the NHS. I've decided that was a little notion Brilliant. in the car today. Um, definitely the craft kits, because I just enjoy say sharing that creativity if other people get the enjoyment that i get that would be great the sustainability bit is important though that people aren't just buying new yeah. stuff and all my crafts are functional and practical i'm not a i'm not a pretty rainbow person i'm a well has it got a purpose so my bread bags and serviettes and aprons you know it's all quite practical and 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 i'd like to think heirlooms that you could pass you know they that yeah. you could pass on um definitely more yeah more tv sewing more modeling i'd love to um maybe get my ads out you know yes absolutely <laughs> <laughs> we need to do a shoot together julie that's what we need to do <laughs> yeah that'd be good it would I, I, was keeping, I was keeping my curls thinking well rachel's got really long straight hair i'll keep yeah so i normally have really short short edgy hair and then people have gradually said oh i really like your curls so it's like uh, do you know what I'll keep them then and yeah. <laughs> embracing so, them. Yeah. I so, mean, I just, can't leave without you talking about the ranking experience as well, because I mean, I would give anything to work with that man. He's an absolute genius behind the camera. How, how did that come about? How exciting was that? Again, I've got my, I've got my husband to, to um, thank for his, I know it sounds crazy, isn't it? His incurable cancer, but I think it's just given me a different, you know, I say the thought of being widowed at 38, mm. you just go, Jesus Christ right I'm not gonna ever say no I'm gonna ask I'm gonna you know I did a I did a MSc in my late 30s and master's in ergonomics because I just thought well I'll ask if they'll pay for it and they did so um so it was a, a metro advert I was before the school run he was there was a little advert saying rankings looking for people for an exhibition um do you live or know somebody with a life it was life limiting condition or something I think there was the wording and I just went yeah husband incurable cancer but we get on with life we've got two kids da, 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 da. he's got back into his music um, and he, he restarted his student he got in touch with his student band mates and that's really helped him through yeah music was his yeah his, his yeah. Um, thing and uh, Rankin obviously I think he was a bit of a rock and roll. I think he wished. I think he wished he'd been in a band. <laughs> so, so we got a call. We were in the Isle of Wight in the snow, um, one Easter holiday, all a bit yeah random. And they're going, oh, Rankin wants you to come and uh, come for a shoot. So this, so it's like, oh, and this is Phil, not really me. Mm. But um, so we we all went. We're all very excited. Phil took his guitar, his bass guitar. We all trundled into to his studio in North London, and uh, we got a. Phil's got a band t-shirt with it. It's got a big ear on because his his band's called the Trophy Cabinet. Right. Because they've all got they've all got big sticky out ears like trophies. <laughs> so it's all it's all a bit crazy. So we all had we all got a t-shirt, all dressed in black. And um, Phil had his amazing photos taken and we were stood in the background um me and the kids and my daughter I think was getting into photography then um but that really inspired her. Yeah, I mean, I bet. you know and yeah. she we managed to get her to do some work experience there as well so that was wow. great so yeah and um and he was such a nice chap he's our age you know he's our age yeah um um just you know did well in the 80s I think with his it was it dazed and confused magazines yeah 
but you know he's photographed the queen and madonna and all these you know amazing celebrities and he was lovely on the day had all these people running around with these cameras and lenses and then and then my husband's picture was in an exhibition in liverpool which was lovely again it's where it's hometown so it was alive in the face of death which was a a bit of a gruesome yeah topic but actually it was ranking he was um his parents had had died and i think that really really impacted on him Mm. and um so he wanted to do this this exhibition of people and there was with people like wilco johnson we got to meet because at the time he was i think he'd been given a terminal diagnosis and you know and then and now he's he's still alive you know like like my like my husband you know my husband was given three to five years life expectancy at 42 and he's now 57 Mm. you know so you sort of go you have no idea and we've you know we've had the holidays we've you know we you sort of go sod it but you don't know what's around the corner so no. and then and then Rankin said oh if you ever do it you know need an album cover come back so we did it's just amazing <laughs> I mean what an amazing opportunity all these different connections that you get from just saying oh I'm going to try that it's I love yeah, it and you know never thought we'd get picked and then and this and then he said yeah come back so a few years later we you know phil's mate had written a few more tunes and he got the album together and he he sent an email off and and ranking goes yeah come down so i was in the band then (laughs) (laughs) i was i was playing my french horn in an indie band which is a bit random so we all went down hair and makeup and ranking covered the whole cost of it it was you know amazing such a nice thing to do i think him and phil really you know understood each other you know the, the the love of music similar age yeah and um yeah and and I say my daughter managed to get two work experiences out of it and uh, and and has gone down and done some music videos there been in sort of you know uh, uh, and just yeah and I think Amazing. that's really shaped a lot of things you know and you sort of yeah go, yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. It just shows exactly why not. And I think anybody yeah. that's listening to this, please take a note out of Julie's book because mm-hmm. why not? And somebody has to get picked for these things. So why why couldn't it be you? That's what I always yeah. think now. I could talk to you for so much longer, Julie. Mm-hmm. Absolute inspiration and the perfect way to end this series. Mm-hmm. My last question that I ask all my guests, if you could pay yourself a compliment, what would it be? Something like, um, yeah, live life to the full, have no regrets. You know, I don't want to look yeah. back and go, why didn't I do that? Why, yeah. why did I put that off? So, yeah you know um yeah just just grab it with all you know you don't know what's around the corner I think you just have to go for it and and definitely it's not selfish it's don't have guilt about it I think women are yeah we put our say our lives on hold and don't leave it too late yeah and how can people find you have you got a website for Oxford Craft Studio do that's uh www.oxfordcraftstudio.com so I've got a little website there um, you'll find me on Sewing Street TV. So yes. uh, <laughs> I'm on there. The next show is the 16th of July. Brilliant, so right? I'll put the links on the notes. And um, Instagram, which I'm, my following is growing a little bit. So that's Julie Kelly. It's 7730. I don't know why it's that, but yeah. Um, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn with my business hat. So my red kite ergonomics. So I've still got a sort of professional hat on there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, I will add all those onto the show notes so that people can find you. And I'm sure you'll have lots of more people following you after the Platinum <laughs> magazine as well. Yeah, that's been, I know, that's been great. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much. An absolute pleasure. And good luck with everything. And I really look forward to seeing what you get up to next because I have no doubt you're going to be popping up a surprise with me soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> Thanks so much, Julie. Lovely to talk to you. And you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
So I hope you found Julie's interview as inspiring as I did. It just makes you want to go out and say yes to so many more things because there's lots of new opportunities ahead of us all. And, you know, it's never too late. And Julie is a perfect example because you just don't know where it's going to lead to. So I hope that has been the perfect way to leave this series um, with a massive dose of inspiration for you all. I will be taking a short break over the summer and I will be back in September. So fear not, I will have lots more inspiring women. And I just have to say a huge thank you. I feel really privileged to be able to share these stories and connect with so many women. This was the 84th Out of the Bubble podcast interview that I've had the pleasure of doing, not counting all the Facebook interviews that I've done live. And of course, not forgetting the Midlife Inspirathon that I raised money for charity. Um, so that was just an incredible day. We raised £1,400 and I interviewed 22 fabulous women live on Instagram on the day. So Thank you to all of those who are taking part, taking the time to share their stories. And I hope that you have gained lots of inspiration along the way. I'd love to hear what, what your thoughts are of this series, if there's been one particular subject that's really struck out to you. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so please get in touch. But in the meantime, have a great summer. Enjoy yourselves and whatever you're doing, keep being fabulous. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope you found lots of inspiration and it's left you with some midlife food for thought. How would you compliment yourself? I'd love to hear from you so I can share some love for all you women over 40. Please get in touch. Email me, rachel at outofthebubblepodcast.com. You can also come and join the Facebook page at Step Out of the Bubble. I'll be back next Monday, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>